Yeah, you have to create those bridges. Think of it as like a rainbow bridge from you to your dream, (laughs) from you to the pot of gold in the sky. Like it's there, it's available to you, but it's not just going to like rain money. You have to create that connection in order for it to come into the physical. Welcome to the Wealthy Woman Podcast. I'm Lauren Francois, human design, mindset, and money expert. I'm a mom of two, entrepreneur for the past nine years, and six-figure earner. I help you, successful, ambitious women, create more success and wealth with more ease by using my unique approach to get you to think and operate in a way that's in full alignment with who you truly are and what you deeply desire. If you're ready to dig into, understand, and remove the blocks that have been holding you back from catapulting yourself forward, you're in the right place. Let's dig into today's episode. Hello, gorgeous ladies, and welcome back to the Wealthy Woman Podcast. I am so excited to have another fabulous guest interview for you today. I have Kelsey Ada with us, and this is really fun because I actually was just a guest on Kelsey's podcast, and so we're doing a sort of podcast interview swap here, and the things that Kelsey is bringing to us today are so in alignment with the topics of this podcast, the focus of this podcast. And I love when I get to bring on people who just bring a different perspective, right? Because sometimes we can feel like, oh my gosh, we hear the same thing over and over again, but it just takes someone saying something a little bit differently. Just the way that they say it hits different people, resonates with different people. So Kelsey, I'm so excited to have you here. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. I'm super excited to be here and keep the conversation going because we had a great, like super in-depth podcast episode when we had you on High Vibe and it all about manifesting in accordance with your type, specifically manifesting money according to your type, which I thought was awesome because we hadn't covered that really that in-depth on the show before. And uh, yeah, as a fellow Manny Jen, I'm just excited to get into it. Yes. So Kelsey is actually a bestselling author and she's an energetic alignment coach who helps people manifest their genuine desires and love themselves deeply throughout the process. And today we're really going to dive into energetic troubleshooting to get you back in the flow and help you manifest more money. So Kelsey, I would love for you to share your story with us, share where you started, how you got into this, and then we will dive right in. Yeah. So for me, I'll keep this story a little on the shorter side, but the cliff notes is my story got interesting in my late teens, early adulthood. I found myself suffering from depression. I was stuck in a depressive episode for about three years. And towards the end of that, I finally hit my pain threshold. And I was honestly like contemplating suicide, wishing to be in a coma like every other day, because that was like the only solution I could think of where I could get a break from how I was feeling, but maybe feel better when I woke up. So I was like, maybe, I don't know, that'd be so amazing. So I was praying for a miracle, obviously not the best type of miracle to pray for, but that was all I could think to do. And when I hit my pain threshold, I was like, okay, I got to figure out how to be happy again. I used to be a happy person. I used to have energy. I used to be bubbly. I used to love my hobbies. Like, where did I go? What happened? And what had happened was the perfect storm of hormonal imbalances as a teenager, 
going on birth control, not being able to live my dream of becoming a professional ballerina, which wasn't just a dream. It was also my life path and my plan. So I'd been working on and up and towards that for my whole life, got injured. So that all went away very quickly. And along with that, I feel like my purpose too for existing, my way of expression in the world, my way of breathing went away with that. And on top of those things, I was just generally lacking emotional intimacy with myself and others. So I wasn't feeling that strong, secure connection that I as a sensitive person need to have with other people and especially myself. And so in that, I sent an ultimatum to the universe and I was like, yo, what's a girl got to do around here to get some help? I need to feel better. I don't know how. Send all the help that you can send and I will do what I can to feel better. Like I'm willing to do anything. And so sure enough, the right resources, the right perspectives, the right people, healers, therapists started coming into my life. And I was learning a lot about energy, healing emotions, raising your vibration, how your thoughts create your reality, how it's all connected. And it just started clicking and making so much sense. And I was doing a lot of spiritual healing, a lot of emotional healing, starting to feel better pretty much a month into that ultimatum and starting to feel better. I was feeling way, way better. Like depression was like depression who I was like, that was a whole, that was a different era, right? Now we're in this new, like happy era, feeling grateful, living in the present moment and all because of the work that I was doing with myself and with others. And I just really felt this strong urge to share everything that was working and had worked for me. So I was like, if everybody had access to this information, the world would be such a better place. People would enjoy their lives more. There wouldn't be all this unnecessary suffering. What are we doing? So that's when I decided to become an author. And I was like, I'm going to write all the books on self-help and personal development, on manifestation, on mindset, on affirmations, energy, self-love, everything that's working for me. I want to teach it to lots of people, not just, oh, I teach it to a few of my friends, like everybody, everyone who wants to know about it. I want to teach it to them. So that's how my journey started. That was my first awakening. And then a few years later, I had a spon- like a spontaneous Kundalini awakening, which for anyone who's not familiar with that terminology, it's basically said that we have this coiled up energy at the base of our spine called your kundalini it's your prana it's your life force obviously we're all somewhat connected to this otherwise we wouldn't be alive right but when it starts to awaken and move up the spine and realign your chakras you become somewhat enlightened more open to your psychic intuitive gifts your life can get really crazy and (laughs) that's what happened to me (laughs) And I literally became this psychic medium overnight. I had no idea I communicate with dead people. I had no idea that I was psychic before this. This is when I was like, I don't know, 24. So this is my second awakening. It was really crazy. All these gifts opened up. And now between the first awakening and the second awakening and just all my life experience in the university of life, I'm just here happy to teach people about how to live it with more ease, more alignment, more grace, more self-love, and honestly, more like dream fulfillment. Because I think it's really important that we're able to attain what we envision and that we're able to experience what we want for ourselves genuinely. So can you share, just starting out, because we did this on your podcast, what is your human design? Yeah, so I am a 5-1 manifesting generator with an emotional authority And uh, yeah, what else you want to (laughs) know? That's it. That's it. Because what you were talking about 
If you're interested in diving into profiles, you guys, the way Kelsey was talking about her journey is very much in alignment with her profile of being a 5-1. We haven't really talked about profiles a lot on the show. It's something we might dive into further, but I just wanted to put that out there. If anybody wants to look into the profile lines and understand profile lines better, a 5-1 is very much in alignment with how Kelsey is talking about. I also have a one line in my profile I will say the one line is like the researcher, you wanting to learn like all of these different modalities and all of these different things that you can teach that's very much in alignment with a one line. I'm the same way. I'm like, give me all the knowledge. I just want to research and learn and learn. And as a many gen, I want to learn about all the things I I could learn all day, every day. And that would bring me so much joy. I just wanted to throw that out there since we had been talking about human design. But I think it's so interesting that you brought up that you were an athlete, basically, like your life purpose was in ballet. And you see this happen so often with athletes is when you're so invested and you think your life is going to take this one specific path. And then your sport is taken away from you for one reason or another. And it's such a huge part of your identity and it really can send you on a tailspin. I know I've heard this from collegiate athletes who then after college, there's not really an opportunity to go on any further. I was a gymnast, a competitive gymnast for many years. Now women do it later on in life, but typically was not something you did past like your teen years. And so I know I navigated that kind of big identity shift when I stepped away from that sport. So it's just really interesting to see how that really set you. That's really like the thing that set you off on this path. Yeah, it was a huge identity crisis for me and a huge mourning of the life that I thought I was meant to live, the life that I wanted to live. Um, and just being confused and feeling like punished, like why I was so good at it. I was so talented. I was made for it. Everybody told me I was like designed for it, that it was my destiny. And I believe that I wanted that. And I worked towards that. And then just to have it all taken away. And I remember one of the most like traumatic points in that part of my journey, I was at children's hospital and they were doing an MRI on my hip because I had basically just like overdone it from being so hypermobile. And I had a common injury that a lot of baseball players get in their shoulder. So a labrum injury where your cartilage basically gets like squished, but I had that in my hip. And so I was getting an MRI and the results come back and they're like, yeah. And they had no sympathy, like no feelings whatsoever. And this is probably where like my distrust of doctors said it at a young age <laughs> and they were like, yeah, so basically your hips pretty much ruined and like, you should just pick another sport. And I was like, first of all, <laughs> It's not just a sport. It's my life. Second of all, how dare you tell me that? Third of all, I'm going to cry myself to sleep for the rest of my days because that is the absolute worst thing you could tell somebody in the most like heartless way ever. Yeah, I think some doctors can really have that lack of empathy. <laughs> you know, they're just so based in the science. It's like they don't lack that or they lack that emotional intelligence of communicating in a way that is understanding and empathetic and they understand the impact of the news that they're delivering. So I'm sorry that happened to you. That That is horrific. But I love how this, not that it set you on this path of depression for three years, but that you were able to take something that was 
so challenging and so difficult for you and turn it into something so phenomenal. The first thing we really talk about on this podcast is true wealth. And the podcast is The Wealthy Woman. And I know a lot of people associate wealth with money. If you're wealthy, you have a lot of money. But when I say true wealth, I think that wealth embodies so much more than just money. And we focus on money manifestation a lot here, but I think it's really important that we also build a life outside of money that brings us joy and happiness and that we feel immense gratitude for. So what is your definition of wealth? Yeah, that's interesting because I've really been contemplating like recently in recent years, what it really means to be wealthy and redefining that definition. Because as you said, it's easy to fall into the trap of you're only wealthy if you have $10 million or whatever the number is, right? It's so silly. But for me, and when I think about this definition, I feel extremely wealthy, time, freedom and control. So control of your schedule, control of your time, control of how you're deploying your energy and your resources. I think that makes someone extremely wealthy. I feel very wealthy in that regard. Having an abundance or even just the right amount doesn't even need to be an abundance of nourishing supportive relationships in your life, whether it's with your pet, your spouse, your parents, your friends, a coworker, your boss, like those relationships are everything And then to extend even past the human relationships, just your relationship to different things in your life, your relationship to social media, your relationship to your car, your relationship to working out, your relationship to eating, like life is relationships. So I would say the better, more harmonious, more compatible your relationships are, definitely the wealthier you are. And then let's see, I feel like there's a third bullet point here that wants to come through. It's like the cliche of like health is wealth right because if you have all the money in the world but you're dying because you're not healthy that's not going to do anything for you you can't take it with you right so (laughs) it's like really just the end of the day your mental your emotional your physical and your spiritual health if you have that you are wealthy Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that definition. Would you mind sharing with me and with the audience, actually, the statistics or the study that you talked about on our podcast interview yesterday? Because I think that kind of ties beautifully into this about money and happiness. Yeah. So I don't remember who exactly did this study or what the actual percentages are, but the basic gist, the summary of it was that they studied to see if more money actually meant more happiness, right? Because we tend to correlate the two and think the more money I have, the more more happy I'll be and that it's like a direct correlation just going up. But the truth is, as soon as your basic needs are met and you are able to like rest a little, go on vacation sometimes and live a fairly like good life, but nothing so cushy, nothing so crazy. As long as your basic needs are met with money, you will be happy. If they're not, that will cause you a lot of suffering, right? Stress, lack of money is going to cause stress. That is definitely correlated, but only to a certain degree. And then once you're not stressed anymore and you're good, your basic needs are met, you're feeling safe, you're having some fun. Anything more than that, your happiness really doesn't go up. So all this extra money that we want, all this uber ultra wealth that people are after thinking that's going to make them uber extra more happy, It's actually not. (laughs) And they've already proved that. So I wouldn't waste your whole life efforts 
going for more and more if the reason for having more is because you think it's going to make you more and more happy because they already proved that it really won't. That's so interesting to me that when I've experienced this personally just through my journey and going through this, but I think it's something so important to note because so many very ambitious, driven, entrepreneurial women who are the women who are listening to this podcast are in the belief that money is going to bring them lots of those things. And the majority of us here living in the United States, if you are from the United States, I know we're, we're in difficult economic times, there's inflation, like there are definitely money stressors. But for the most part, when I whenever I'm talking to women, I say, look around your house. Do you use everything in your house? My house is filled with things that I don't use. My pantry is filled with food that I don't use. And so often we feel like our basic needs aren't met, but our basic needs really are met for the most part. We have shelter, we have food, we have heat, we have electricity, we have those basic things. And yet we're living in a way that feels like we're lacking. And so it's really connecting with that. And I think it it shows that through this study that we really are very blessed and very lucky if we live in this country. And I know there are people who live in other countries that listen to this, but For the most part, most women listening to this, we do have those basic needs met and getting more money, creating more money, doing all the things we do to try to make more money, pushing ourselves to the point of exhaustion, prioritizing that over other things in our life, presence, time with our children, time in the relationships you were talking about. In the end, when you create the money, it doesn't actually give you the things that you think you it's going to give you. And we talked about that yesterday. And yet we still want more money, right? (laughs) We like the things that money gives us. So I think it's this balance that we, this fine line that we have to walk, this thing that we're constantly balancing is money isn't everything. And yet I desire to have money to do the things that I like to do and to have the things that I want to have. So Let's dive into money. You are also a manifestation expert. And I would love to hear what as the main reasons why money isn't coming in. So a woman desires more money. She's not creating it. For some reason, it's just not coming. Why is that? Yeah, so the most basic broad umbrella answer that answers this for every woman individually, even though everyone will have like their own individual way that this shows up is just resistance, which what do I mean by resistance means that you have split energy. So a part of you is creating, attracting, magnetizing what you want. Another part of you is either self-sabotaging, pushing it away, causing you not to take action, believing that might be bad for you to get what you think that you want. And so you have this tug of war internally, right? And you have this tug of war externally where circumstances maybe aren't moving quite in the way that you had hoped or as fast as you want, or things just don't seem to work out or you're feeling stuck. So it always comes down to some form or another of resistance. Resistance can show up in many forms. It can show up as a limiting belief. It can show up in literally a part of your psyche, a part of you that is 
like uncomfortable with money, doesn't like the idea of money, thinks that money is bad, thinks that rich people is evil, whatever. So it can be a discrepancy within your psyche, like two different parts of you not on the same page about money, limiting belief. It could be just any sort of trauma that's still keeping you stuck around money. If you didn't have enough growing up, or if maybe you had too much and people looked at you differently or whatever it is, stuff from the past can come up, even stuff from past lives, which I don't focus too much on because I feel like if something is important and it needs to be healed in this lifetime, it'll also be happening in this lifetime. So people are like really obsessed with past life regression, which is cool. I've done it. It's cool. But I think it's more important to just whatever's challenges you're facing now that's what you're meant to work on and heal and it probably has come up a bunch before (laughs) in other (laughs) lifetimes yeah (laughs) so there's so many different ways that resistance can show up and be expressed in your life in your mind in your psyche and your energy but at the end of the day it always comes down to some form of resistance and what I like to do or guide people to ask themselves in order to start to identify what might be holding them back is to just ask themselves and be really honest with the answer. Be open to whatever comes through. Don't lie to yourself. Okay, we need brutal (laughs) honesty for this to work. (laughs) You're going to ask yourself, is there any part of me that's not totally on board with what I think I want? Is there any part of me, any tiny secret little subconscious part of me that's not totally 100% on board with what I say and think that I want? And then just listen and you will probably be surprised at how much stuff comes up for you you can journal on this you can meditate on this and then once you've identified some of those key points of resistance in order to be a super masterful manifester you want to go through one by one and start to challenge those and dismantle those and rewrite those so that you can become more energetically in alignment with money What I mean by that is your thoughts are in alignment with making more money. Your actions are in alignment with you making more money. How your identity is in alignment with you making more money. So there's lots of different levels of this. And that's what I help my clients to do, not just with money, but with anything they're trying to manifest or achieve or experience in this life. We really dive deep into the quote unquote blockages, which is sometimes too strong of a word. It's not always like a blockage. Sometimes it's just like a little tangle. Like when your necklace is tangled up and you just have to untangle it in order to wear it and feel cute and have a great day. Sometimes that just takes a minute to go through, untangle it. Sometimes it's really mother effing tangled and you need help with someone else. You're like, hey, I cannot get this untangled. Like, mom, can you help me? Please help me out. So it just depends the degree, the variance, like how it's showing up. That's different for everyone. But that's why I'm actually working on a book all about resistance, mastering your resistance, untangling your resistance, because it's like such a loaded question to just talk about for 20 minutes on a podcast. Yes, because resistance, like you said, can manifest in so many different ways. And it's going to look different for everyone. So when you ask yourself this question, have you had points in the past where you felt like, oh, I'm just stuck? Like, that word I'm stuck. Like, it's just not, it's not coming in. Like I desire. And you've asked yourself this question, what has come up for you? Because I know what has come up for me. (laughs) Yeah. I still have things that are coming up that I'm working through. This is not, Oh, only in the past I had blockages. Like we all have our things in different chapters and different seasons. And right now 
I'm coming up against this belief that, so my husband is in a really high money-making career. He just started, but he's about to be making probably a couple million dollars a year. I don't see a way (laughs) where I'm making a couple million dollars a year yet, right? That has not been revealed to me. Do I make good money? Do I make enough money? Do I always have more than I need and want? Want? No. Need? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm always good. My dad would look at me and say, oh, everything she touches turns to gold. Kelsey's really great at making money. She barely even works and she makes money and it's great. And for me, I'm just like, oh, but I'm not on that level. So I'm entering into this comparison game. And it's interesting because in most of my previous relationships, I've always been like the money mama, the sugar mama, always the one with more money, always the one more advanced in my career because I didn't go to college. I just went to beauty school for a year and then I started working. So I was already working by the age of 20, right? Not in school studying any more than that. I've been making money since then. I've only ever worked part-time doing hair. And then I came into this teaching work and coaching and retreats and all that. But it's interesting because now I'm just trying so hard to be in a more receiving mode and not make it mean that I'm a worse businesswoman or that I'm not as good as Jeff or whatever I could easily make it mean. And I'm just having that internal battle right now of like, (laughs) okay, like you're not less of a money manifester just because it's coming through your husband. You're not less of a businesswoman just because you're not on that money level yet so I think that's like my current thing that I'm working through and for me what you would find interesting is in my human design chart the only area that I have open is my ego center so I've always struggled with the need to prove to myself usually not others because I don't really care but to myself that I can do something and being a type a Enneagram three hyper perfectionist overachiever person that I am, I'm basically cursed with super hyper ambition, super unrealistic, crazy goals. And that has always been a struggle. And I still struggle with to this day of feeling like, why do I have to have such big dreams and goals? Why can't they just be normal? (laughs) That's a question (laughs) most Manny Jens ask themselves. I ask myself that every single day. I'm like, why can't you just be normal? Why can't you just be normal, Kelsey? Oh my gosh. And then you're paired with this completely open ego center. And the ego center, when it's undefined or open, is very much like a feminine energy center. So I feel like this is the universe giving you an opportunity to really like dive into living in alignment with your very open ego center and I know yourself up to receiving and flow and surrender and letting the money come in whichever way that is the path of least resistance, which I know you talk about a lot, but it is this interesting kind of path that we walk because I experienced the same exact thing. Our stories are very similar. My husband and I've made six figures in my business the past few years, and I've always made enough to provide for myself and been successful. And in the past few years, my husband's business has completely skyrocketed to the point where it 
you're probably undergoing a bit of an identity crisis. <laughs> I am. I was just going to say that. I was like, this is my next level identity crisis because my whole life I've identified as a self-employed badass, an entrepreneur. Like I do really like business and being a businesswoman and those types of things. But now I'm just like, maybe that's not my true self. Maybe that's what I learned from my parents and society. Maybe I am really just meant to be like this feminine goddess receiver like woman who just like floats around her gorgeous home and makes gorgeous juices in the morning and like spends her whole day like at the pool and maybe works just like a little bit but not like in the way that I've always seen myself working and hustling and doing and achieving mm-hmm. and maybe that's just my new vibe I don't know <laughs> interesting. It's interesting how as you go on this journey, there are things that shift your path. There are things that pivot you. For me, first thing was kids. <laughs> it's like sure. all of a sudden like that, that, that shifted my desires, the things that were important to me. And I'm every mom experiences that to a degree. For some, the shift is bigger. For others, it's not as big. For me, it was pretty monumental. Not so much in the beginning. In the beginning, when my kids were very little, I work my like my work was the thing that I did for me. Like I really wanted to work because it was like the time that I didn't have to be mom. And it was like I needed that time. But now that my kids have gotten older, it's actually become more where I don't feel that as much. I really enjoy even more spending time with them now and doing all the things we can do. And so that drive for that time for myself isn't there anymore because I just, I get it because they're at school. But that also when my husband started bringing in large amounts of money, all of a sudden I felt like my purpose shifted also because before that it was like my income mattered, right? Like it felt like my income mattered. I was contributing. And then it got to a point where it was like my income was such a small part of our household income that it was like, it does, it felt like it doesn't even matter. You're like, like, why do I even need to do this? Do I need to do this? Do I want to do this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's just interesting, the path, the things that come up and the things that we have to work through. And so I totally understand what you're going through. And I'm sure there are other women listening to this who can completely relate. And there are women who are probably listening to this and they're like, what? Like, it would be so nice. Like, I would right. Like Must be a nice problem to have. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice problem. And <sighs> that's not lost upon us either. It is a nice problem to have, but it, it doesn't negate the challenges that arise in terms of identity and a shift in purpose and things like that, that you have to work through when these kinds of things happen. The thing that comes up for me when you ask that question is, and I know this is a big one for quite a few women is responsibility. So Mm -hmm. more money equals more responsibility. And to me, more responsibility equals less time with my kids and time with my kids is my number one priority. And so that's something that I've really had to look at and start to work through is does more money equal more responsibility? And does that equal less time with my kids? No, it doesn't have to mean less time with my kids. I could hire out a lot of things. So that's what Kelsey means when she's talking about, you really have to dig into this and look at what is coming up and take it through these processes of really challenging these beliefs and asking yourself, is that ultimately true? Because usually it's not ultimately true. When you question it, 
you can start to make it a little less concrete and a little more shaky and a little more subjective. And then you're like, okay, this is a truth that I created. This isn't necessarily the truth of life, of my life forever and ever. Amen. This is just some story that I have made. And now it's time to dismantle it because it's no longer <laughs> serving me. It's not in alignment with me creating more money, which I am deciding is my goal, right? So it's doing the, the investigation behind that and then starting to untangle it. And sometimes just questioning it and realizing how ridiculous it is that you actually think or feel that and you didn't know that you did is enough for it to not be a problem for you anymore. And you're like, that's a silly belief. That's not even true. Like, in the garbage, see you never. That can sometimes be as easy as it gets to be. And other times it's a little deeper and more complicated than that. And you're like, okay, but I really believe this. Like, how am I supposed to shift this if I really am like stuck on it? And that's where sometimes it's nice to have help of a facilitator, someone like me who can get in your blind spots and help you open yourself up to different perspectives and new ways of being and stuff. But yeah, it's easier or harder just depending on what comes up, I would say. It's not always just look at it and it goes away, but sometimes it is. Yes. Sometimes it is. <laughs> sometimes it is. Sometimes it isn't. can also depend on whether you have a defined or undefined Ajna. I can't remember whether you had defined or undefined. Where would I see that? I have my chart right here. It's the second one from the top. The second triangle? Yes. This like yeah. you have your head center, which is the very top one. It's the next one down. Mine, all of mine are defined except the ego. So okay. yeah, that one too. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, you have a lot of really solid beliefs that support you. And so that's the great thing about a defined Ajna is that when we have beliefs that serve us and are in alignment with the kind of life that we desire, the kind of life we want to create, the kind of success we want to have, they're so strong and solid if you have a defined Ajna. If you have an undefined, but sometimes, oftentimes when you have a defined Ajna, you do have those blind spots that you were talking about where you can't see. You're so certain in your beliefs, you can't see that there's other beliefs that are possible. There's other opinions, there's other perspectives. When you have an undefined Ajna, it's much easier to see those things. However, you don't hold on to your beliefs as solidly or as strongly. And so your beliefs can waver more easily when you have an undefined Ajna, but that kind of gets off track. So we've talked about resistance. You've talked about uncovering the resistance that is keeping you stuck, keeping you from creating more money. So how do we manifest money easily once we've done this, once we've uncovered the resistance and we started working through the resistance? Yeah. So I would say like in the manifestation process, step one is obviously to become clear about what you want, but I don't necessarily mean the number that everyone has in their head. When I say that, what's the goal of your goal? If you say, I want to be a millionaire or I want to make this much money every year in my business, why? The why, what's behind the why, those feelings, I want to feel successful. I want to know that I can do it. I want to feel this way. I want to experience luxury. I want to experience travel, whatever it is that you really are after that you think the money is going to give you, that's your genuine desire. So you need to start there and you need to know what that is. So numbers are nice, whatever, but we don't necessarily get to pick those things. What's guaranteed to you is the genuine desire, which is the feeling that you're after the experience that you're after. So step one, get clear about that. Step two, do some resistance 
work so you can undo your blockages. And then step three is to take aligned action and bring it into the physical. So I like to think of money manifestation as like the money lives in your vortex or in the ethers or in the future, wherever it is that you where you already have it on a vibrational level. But in order to bring it into your life now, there has to be a bridge way for it to come to you. So this could be a partner, this could be your job, this could be a business, this could be an opportunity that comes up. But what's in your best interest, I feel like when you're manifesting more money is creating as many ways as it can come to you as possible. So investing in the stock market, having that side hustle, asking for a raise at work, whatever it is that feels like right and expansive and true to you, that's the type of action that you need to take in order to open your bridge ways for the money to flow in. It's not enough to just say, this is the money I want. Okay, universe, deliver it to me, Amazon Prime style. No, you are going to be involved in the creation, most likely 98% of the time of this money, because that's what makes it fun and juicy and expansive and rewarding at the end. If someone just gives you that money, that's exciting for a week. But then what? Most people who win money, they don't keep it. They don't put it to good use. They usually lose it like however much percent of the time those crazy stats are. So that's because it's not as satisfying, right? It's more satisfying when you get to help create it in whatever way that is. So I'm not saying you have to go out and work your butt off, but you probably will have to meet new people. You probably will have to act on your million dollar idea. You probably will have to open up a Vanguard account if you want to join the stock market. You're not just going to get these gains without participating, right? Yeah, that's one of the missing pieces too, is the action piece. I think people are brainwashed into thinking that like in law of attraction, you just ask and then receive. But in between the asking and receiving is the acting, the doing, the being, the making space for, the creating opportunities for it to come in. Um, So for example, after I got married, I was like, oh my God, I have my life back. I don't have to plan a stupid wedding. Now I get to like work on this book that I've been working on for years. Yay. But then I decided to get a puppy and puppies aren't really conducive to writing books because you need three hours of silence and like energy and mental headspace to write anything good. At least I do. So that didn't happen. And I was like, I got to shift my focus to something else creative. Let me start an Etsy shop. So I was like, this is perfect because I've been manifesting more money. And now this is another avenue for it to come through. And each listing that I put up, I'm like, this is a potential money portal. You never know which listing is going to become a bestseller on your shop or on Etsy. So it's like each one is a little bridge where I'm just opening the door. I'm opening this door to money. I'm opening this door to money. I'm opening this door to money. And I'm opening all these pathways for it to come to me. So that's like a more tangible example of what I'm saying. I'm not saying you have to do all the things all at once, but take an action that is in alignment with more money. I love this analogy. I've never heard anyone quite talk about it the way you just explained it with all of these bridges and opening up all these pathways. And in my head, it sounds like having a lot of eggs in your basket, right? Like you don't want just one egg in your basket. You want a lot of different eggs in your basket. You want all of these different ways that the money can come in. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you said a lot of times we put all of our energy into just one way. It's I'm going to give everything to this one way. 
And that might not be the way. <laughs> that might not be the path of least resistance for you. The universe might be like, hold your roll. That is, that's not it. And I want to deliver it through this one. If you would just open that pathway for me. Yeah. You have to create those bridges. Think of it as like a rainbow bridge from you to your dream, <laughs> from you to the pot of gold in the sky. Like it's there, it's available to you, but it's not just going to like rain money. You have to create that connection in order for it to come into the physical. So what's the most fun, exciting, or safe feeling way for you to do that? Is it to open a brokerage account? Is it to buy some Bitcoin? Is it to start a side hustle? Is it to work on that million dollar idea, invent that thing? Like Usually when we ask for money, the universe, God, our spirit team, our higher self, whoever sends us the ideas and the opportunities to make the money. It doesn't always just send the money, right? You're like, okay, I want to be a millionaire. And then the universe is, okay, here's your million dollar idea. Go on Shark Tank. And you're like, <laughs> dang it. This also sounds to me a lot like releasing the how it's yeah, it's it is getting, a lot of that. I'm not getting so tied to the specific way the money has to come in. And I actually did an entire podcast episode on this on how that's a sneaky money block is our need to control how the money comes in. And I love that you mentioned opening a Vanguard account investing. Like there's so many different ways that money can flow to you. And so often we're just closed off. We're closed off to all of the creative, incredible ways that money can come in. And we think I can only earn money through my business, or I can only earn money through my job, or I can only have money through my significant other's career or job. And yet there's so many different ways that money can flow in. Yeah. And I don't even think it's just being closed. Often it's just being uneducated because the system is not designed for you to learn about all the different ways you can make, save and earn income. It is not. It is designed for you to just stay in the machine mm -hmm. and just work your little butt off. <laughs> That's what it's <laughs> 40 hours for. a week or 50 hours a week or 60 hours a week. Right. They need to start teaching money manifestation in school. Like, this is just any manifestation would be helpful. Any life skills outside of like basic fake history, basic math that really doesn't get used, science that's not even up to date with actual science and like the way the universe works. There's a lot of it's a lot of room for improvement in the school system. <laughs> and the school system was literally be created by the Rockefellers to create more workers. It literally is designed to make you into a worker. So when you think about it like that too, you're like, oh, okay, I can see how I got brainwashed. I yes. can see how I was easily funneled into the system to work for the system and not for myself. Oh my gosh. I love this conversation so much. So we talked about your easy steps to manifesting money. Is there anything else that we need to know that you're just dying to share with us about money manifestation? Yeah, sure. An interesting story. And I will say easy in theory, not always the easiest in implementation, right? We all have our little struggles, our little hiccups, but that's what I'm here to help with. So don't worry, you're not alone. But I've been diving a lot into my Akashic records which for anyone who's not familiar with that term, it's basically just the living library of all information that ever was and ever is in past lives and future lives and why things are happening and the energetics behind everything. And 
I was asking my spirit team, I was like, what do I need to do right now for me personally, for me and my husband to open up more money, be open to more money, be better receiver, manifest more money. And they were like, honestly, we just want you to keep it so simple. Meditate on your body being open, open your energy from your heart and imagine the money coming in because you're opening your capacity and use your breath, your in breath and your out breath to create more space in your energetic body and imagine it coming in that way. And then whatever good ideas you have, just act on those. So I've been doing that. It is in the process of working for sure. And I created a meditation to help people to do it too. And I'm giving it away for free. I want your listeners to have it for free. If you just go to kelseyaida.com slash mfreebie, which I'm sure you will link to in the show notes, then you can get this meditation. And I basically walk you through the process of dropping into gratitude, opening your energy, getting a download on your next best action step. And you just do that every day for a month, for a year. See what happens. I have people writing to me with crazy success stories or cool bonuses they didn't expect. Or I have manifested like four X clients I would normally have in one week that would take me like a month to normally get. Like all kinds of cool stuff is happening for people who are doing it at least like a couple of times. You got to do it like one time is going to produce some magic, but you got to, I would say at least a week, two weeks, three weeks, however long it feels good to do it. And then report back to me and let me know how it goes. Oh my gosh, I'm going to do it. I love meditation. I will definitely include that link in the show notes. You guys do this meditation with me. Let's do it all together. Let's send Kelsey all of our testimonials of all the incredible things that happen as we do this meditation. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for sharing that with our audience. I love this. Yeah, of course. We're you guys, we are close to an hour already. We could sit and Kelsey has her own podcast. Obviously we're here. We could sit and talk for hours and hours and hours about this stuff, but we're going to wrap it up for you. So Kelsey, where can everyone find you? Because I know after listening to this, these ladies are going to be like, I want more. (laughs) Yes. So everyone can find me at KelseyAida.com. It's just my first and middle name. I'm Kelsey Aida on Instagram and TikTok. I most like on Instagram, I would say, Let's see, where else can you find me? High Vibe in It podcast. There are a lot of episodes on money manifestation. So just go through the archives, subscribe, go through the archives. You'll find a bunch of good free resources there. And then I have a couple of manifestation books. And in one of my books, it's called My Pocket Guide to Manifestation. There's a whole chapter of step-by-step money manifesting exercises, how to use water to manifest more money, how to use your journal to manifest more money. So the actual intention setting, resistance releasing exercises that I like to do are actually in that book step-by-step. So that's a really great resource. And if you're like a scripter and you like to write things into existence, my book called Letters to the Universe can also help you to manifest all the money dreams, all the career success. That's a really good one, especially if you're like more advanced and you don't need as much guidance. People really like the journal too. So those are some of my best resources as far as manifesting money. And then obviously you have the free meditation. And then I think there's a special offer after you download the free meditation for a mini course that I created that has three videos that literally walks you through undoing your resistance. The process that we talked about, I'm just showing you in a video and you're working through your journal and you're doing it with my help. So that's also a great resource. And yeah, that's where you can find me everywhere. (laughs) 
and all of this I'm guessing is on your website. So yes. that's probably yeah. your main hub. So go visit her website, go click on the link to get the free meditation. You guys go follow Kelsey on Instagram or TikTok, whichever one you like to hang out on. And Kelsey, thank you so much for joining me today. This was just an awesome conversation. So many wonderful tidbits to take away. And I just appreciate you so much for being here. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thanks for helping me spread my message and my medicine with your peeps. And I hope they really like it. Wonderful. Okay, you guys, that's what we have for you today. And I will talk to you at our next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you absolutely loved what you heard today, had a breakthrough or an aha moment, be sure to share it with me through a rating and review on iTunes. Ratings and reviews are what help the podcast reach more women who want to create more success and wealth with more ease. If you aren't already following me on social media, be sure to follow me at Lauren underscore Francois for more tips, wisdom, and behind the scenes content. And don't forget to check out the show notes for any links referenced and the current ways we can work together. Thank you so much for being here and I can't wait to connect in our next episode.